It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Could there be a big pothole on the road to the Bush inaugural? Rumors of a congressional challenge to the election results are picking up steam on the eve of the certification of the Electoral College numbers. You say it's just a protest, but it does bring attention to the problem of our system when it comes to voting here in the United States. We've got an electoral system out there that doesn't work. We spend more on prison food yep. in this country than elections. What they want to do, in part, is to highlight what they call the massive disenfranchisement, as uh, Representative Conyers said in the letter that you just presented, of voters in Ohio. So many voters were disenfranchised, they said, that the Ohio vote and the result of the presidential election are still in doubt. The outcome, of course, was not change delayed less than three hours. Though Republican leaders like Congressman DeLay and Ohio Republican Chair Bob Bennett treated it as if the Capitol had been pillaged by the Visigoths. The Democrats knew that it was a pretty ceremonial objection but regarded it as important. Why did both sides treat this like political dynamite? It would have been nice if both sides could get on a more bipartisan footing and look at these problems. I think Senator Boxer made an excellent point today when she said we've got soldiers abroad dying uh, for democracy but and we need to fix our own democracy here at home and that's really what it's about. All right so that was 2004 uh, and that's the Democrats objecting to that election the election of uh, George W. Bush but Gee, somehow things have changed. They've changed so much that Josh Hawley, Senator Josh Hawley and Senator Ted Cruz and others are under tremendous attack. Uh, let me first tell you a little bit about Josh Hawley. Lowe's Hotel in uh, Florida has backed out of a fundraiser for him. And their statement is, uh, let's see, we are horrified and opposed to the events at the Capitol and all who supported and incited the actions in light of those events and for the safety of our guests and team members, we haven't, because if Josh Hawley had a fundraiser, all these insurrectionists, these dangerous people would descend on, you know, their hotels. So for the safety of our guests, uh, that event will no, the February fundraiser will no longer be held at Lowe's. And before that, the publisher, Simon & Schuster, the day after the riot, canceled Josh Hawley's book deal and uh, saying it no longer supports the senator for his role in what became a dangerous threat to democracy. Uh, we could go on and on. Let me just say um, there are corporations encouraged by the left, and they're doing it happily, uh, withdrawing any kind of uh, PAC support, meaning political support, financial support for uh, Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz. Uh, the punishment is brutal. Josh has a brand-new baby, and uh, as you know, he's a real champion. I have to say that his statement in response to this is he said he will not be cowed. He said, if these corporations don't want conservatives to speak, they should just be honest about it. But to equate leading a debate on the floor of the Senate with inciting violence is a lie, and it's dangerous. I will not be deterred from representing my constituents, and I will not bow to left-wing corporate pressure. Those of you in Missouri who have this senator, you need to do every 
thing you can to support him, to give him money. Maybe the first time in your life uh, you might give a, a political candidate money. Uh, but don't give it to the party. Don't, don't, don't give it to the party. Give it directly to him. And also do what you can to support him. He is under assault. So is Ted Cruz in Texas. So those of you down in Texas, it's time to circle the wagons and help these guys in any way that you can. Uh, Josh Hawley wrote an opinion in his local paper. Uh, it's a great piece, and of course I can't read it all, but he says, uh, Democrats objected after the elections 2000, 2004, 2016. In other words, Every time a Republican has won the White House in the last 30 years, and they were in their rights to, to do it. The joint session is the forum for where concerns about an election can be raised, debated, and ultimately resolved with a vote. So then he goes, he sa- another thing he says, democratic debate is not mob violence. It is, in fact, how we avoid that violence. It's a great statement. And actually, we, we should put this on our Facebook page, Opinion, Why I Objected Josh Hawley. All right, so uh, to kind of spell out what happened on the floor that day, Congressman Biggs, who was uh, Andy Biggs, who is from Arizona, he's the head of the Freedom Caucus. This is something that I just heard yesterday that I want you to hear. It's his statement on the floor during um, the attempt uh, to hold, to present evidence about the election, to give 10 days to do a, to actually present it, because as you know, the courts never even bothered to look to, look at any of it. And that's why, uh, that's why the left can say there's no evidence. That's why Dominion can say there's no evidence and is suing people left and right. And I just saw American Spectator came out with a statement apologizing to Dominion for things it has written since there's no proof, quote unquote, of what they did uh, because the proof was never allowed to be presented in court. And so technically they're right about that. And so um, this is Congressman Andy Biggs, uh, the day uh, that all hell broke loose in the Congress. Let's listen to what he has to say. It is with wariness and a certain unhealthy, morbid curiosity that I watched the beast attempt to devour President Donald J. Trump again. The craving to crush President Trump has never been satisfied, not through investigations, not through false allegations, and not even through an impeachment that was wholly without merit. And the timing of this impeachment makes little sense. Your candidate, your candidate will take office in a few hours and President Trump will relinquish the levers of power to President-elect Biden. But your craving was never a Biden victory, nor was it even a Trump defeat. You believe that your hunger will be finally satiated by impeaching this president without completion of his full term of office. You don't merely seek victory, but you seek obliteration of your nemesis. The thirst for Trump's destruction will not be slaked, however, even if you're successful today and were the Senate to convict President Trump. Yours will be a Pyrrhic victory, for instead of stopping the Trump train, his movement will grow stronger, for you will have made him a martyr. Surely you are aware of this, and that is why your allies in the media seek to censor conservative voices, your chums that sit on the boards of corporate America, yes, the same companies that the left vilifies, promise to starve Republicans from receiving their PAC donations. But I bet that the groundswell of support for President Trump and his policies will not go away. You see, the movement he started is based on building an incredibly robust economy on a foundation of lower taxes and fewer regulations that has the wonderful effect of putting more people to work than ever. It is built upon a strong military that is extricated from endless wars. It provides border security, America First trade agreements, Mideast peace and stability. Those are the things the American people want. Your four-year appetite will be temporarily, temporarily assuaged, while you will no doubt continue to chase after leaders of this movement but your appetite will be unfulfilled. I urge you, please do not, 
and I'm mixing metaphors here, attempt to douse the remaining burning embers of this movement with gasoline. No one wants that. I urge you, please, to reconsider the reckless action in which you engage today. Gentlemen's time has expired. All right, Congressman Andy Biggs. Now, uh, I mentioned Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. Uh, They're under the most attack because the others kind of backed out on them, like uh, Senator Lankford, who is now uh, apologizing uh, to African-American constituents in Oklahoma for supporting a 10-day panel before the inauguration to examine the evidence on voting. He apologized. He's so sorry. He just, he's so sorry he did that. How could he do that? was racist, of course. It was racist. And do I need to say that's ridiculous? But I, I don't, I can't go down that trail. Just trust me. That's ridiculous. So um, what's happening to congressmen, conservative Republicans in Congress? So Daryl Issa did an interview last night, and he filled in the blanks a little bit just so that you could understand what kind of pressures they're under. This is clip two. And I'm going to share something else that's going to flabbergast you. Uh, What the main discussion of the Q&A turned into was, why is it now to enter the House floor? Members of the House have to go through a magnetometer. It's just like the airport. We get wanded the whole bit. They've suddenly decided, Speaker Pelosi has decided, that the threat apparently are Republican members of Congress and uh, literally... We were forcibly not allowed to enter the floor without going through the mags, meaning our constitutional obligation depended on whether we did what Speaker Pelosi wanted. Wow. Uh, not one member of, of the House of either party participated in any of this activity. Uh, there's been no uh, accusations against any member, and yet this is what we're seeing. So uh, I've got to tell you, the Capitol Police are being misled as we speak with the Sergeant at Arms. Uh, turning their guns, so to speak, onto members of Congress, uh, rather than really soul-searching for where intelligence and the communications of that intelligence broke down. And as you said, where the calls for additional forces that could have stopped these anarchists that broke through uh, from doing what they did and would have saved lives. Congressman Darrell Issa from California, he had a lot more to say, and hopefully we can get to that. But I want to talk to you about something now that's been removed from Twitter. Of course, it has to be removed from social media because you can't possibly know anything besides what they want you to know. This is from the Director of National Intelligence, um, who is just uh, shortly this week going to be out of office. You know who he is. He's from California. He's the congressman, former Congressman John Ratcliffe. And basically, bottom line, uh, the Intelligence Community Election Security Anal- Analysis uh, He says, from my unique vantage point as the individual who consumes all of the U.S. government's most sensitive intelligence on the People's Republic of China, I do not believe the majority of you expressed by intelligence community IC analysts fully and accurately reflects the scope of the Chinese government's efforts to influence the 2020 U.S. federal elections. He goes on to say the majority views expressed in this ICA will regard, with regard to China's actions to influence the election, fall short of the mark for several specific reasons. Number one, China analysts were hesitant to assess Chinese actions as undue influence or or interference. These analysts appeared reluctant to have their analysis on China brought forward because they tend to disagree with the administration's policies, saying, in effect, I don't want our intelligence used to support those policies. So what he's saying is, even though they knew China had tremendous effect, they didn't want to support the president, so they didn't come forward. Number two, uh, alternative viewpoints on China's election influence have not been appropriately tolerated, much less encouraged. 
In fact, the ombudsman, uh, that's the guy who checks over information and finds the truth, found that there were strong efforts to suppress analysis of alternative uh, stories in the August National Intelligence Council assessment. I have to skip through some of these words. It would take me forever. Officials rejected coordination comments and tried to downplay alternative analyses in their own production during the drafting of the statement. And number three, the ombudsman found that the CIA management, and that would be Gina Haspel, took actions, quote, pressuring analysts to withdraw their support from alternate, an alternate viewpoint on China in an attempt to suppress it. This was seen by national intelligence officers as politicization. And I agree, says um, Ratcliffe. Uh, NIO Cyber is the only analyst who holds the minority view on China. He is not a, he is not a fact the ombudsman found during his research and interviews with stakeholders. Um, oh, wait, wait, sorry. What he's trying to say is he's not the only viewpoint, and other viewpoints were not allowed. And so the, the a viewpoint that was, of course, spread abroad was that China had nothing to do with it or very little. And Ratcliffe is saying that's just not so. He goes into a lot more detail. In that same spirit, he adds, I am adding my voice in support of a stated minority viewpoint based on all available sources of intelligence with definitions consistently applied and researched, independent of political considerations or undue pressure, that the People's Republic of China sought to influence the 2020 U.S. federal elections and raising the need for the intelligence community to address the underlying issues with China, reporting outlined above. All right, that's Ratcliffe. Of course, it's been taken down now. Uh, we will try to put that up, but of course, it'll be taken down, but we'll try. Uh, now, and on the back of that, let me just tell you that, remember Eric Swalwell, the congressman from California? Remember, it was exposed by Axios just a couple of weeks ago that he had a relationship with a, a Chinese spy, Christine Fang, and it went on for years, and that somehow his influence, and he got elected to local office in California, then suddenly he got in a Congress, and uh, then he became the spokesman against President Trump. And uh, the suspicion is that Eric Swalwa absolutely was influenced by a Chinese spy and used, uh, the suspicion is, by the Chinese government. Well, you'll be happy to know that Nancy Pelosi has put him back on the Homeland Security panel. Uh, in spite of that, now he's going to be seeing all the nation's secrets, continue to see it. She's also put him on the committee uh, that's going to try uh, President Trump again. So, this is the state in which we live right now. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Perfect little hands and perfect little feet. Can you hear that? That's her little heart beating. I had no idea I had a little baby girl in there. With little fingers and little toes. I didn't know at all she was so real. They told me she wasn't a baby and should be aborted. Now, I could never. This ultrasound gives you a glimpse of God's perfect design and the good work He has begun with you. You both have intrinsic worth and value and are loved beyond measure. Life-changing transformation happens in the communities that need us most. That's exactly why ICU Mobile chooses to go. Four of five women in our mobile units see their ultrasound and choose life. Visit us now at icumobile.org to make a life-saving contribution. Or text LIVES to 45777. That's L-I-V-E-S to 45777. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. 
But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring, but one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. At Liberty University, we believe in honoring service. That's why we offer first responder and military communities deep discounts on all of our 450-plus online programs. Military students, veterans, and spouses pay just $250 per credit hour for undergraduate and $275 to $300 per credit hour for graduate and Ph.D. courses. First responders receive a 25% tuition discount, and those who qualify may be able to use both discounts for even greater savings. It's our way to say thank you for all you do. To learn more, text DEGREE to 49595. One of the nation's most prominent evangelical leaders is catching flack from woke evangelicals in the never-Trump crowd. Franklin Graham accused the 10 Republicans who voted to impeach the president of betrayal, wondering about the price, 30 pieces of silver. No, Franklin Graham was not comparing the president to the Messiah, but he was illustrating the gravity of the betrayal. Republicans turned their back on the man who saved their party, the man who turned out to be the most pro-life president in American history, the man who defended religious liberty and turned around a failing economy. Donald Trump was not a perfect man. He had struggles. He had blind spots, no doubt. He was fallible, but he did his best, and he delivered on his campaign promises. He did make America great again, and for that, 10 House Republicans plunged a giant knife into the president's back. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. This is Martin Luther King's birthday. And it's a day when we used to play speech, but I think the family won't allow that anymore, which is tragic, really. This is such a glorious speech, and he says, um, he says so many things. You know, he says, I have a dream uh, one day that, you know, little children will live together that, uh, let me just find this, because I want to read it to you. I was trying to find the clip, and we couldn't. Um, it's a great speech, and he talks about, um, I have a dream. It's deeply rooted in, the, rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day out in the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi— a state sweltering with the heat of oppression will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by their character. I have a dream today. Um, and, of course, that's just part of it. It's just a, a beautiful, soaring speech, I think, inspired uh, spiritually because 
he does paint a beautiful picture of where we want to be as a nation. And as I look at this, and I've been reflecting it because I, I've covered this every year, you know, since I was on radio in the 90s, um, so much of this has actually happened. I, I was looking at that one phrase here, I have a dream that one day out in the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. And I think of, uh, actually, I think of uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who can trace his ancestry uh, and even his own upbringing uh, into the clay and poverty that he grew up with in the South. And um, now he's a Supreme Court justice who, you know, walks among the greats because he is one of them. And so that's actually happened. And I have to say, you know, when a king said uh, that he wants his four little children to live in a nation where they, they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by their character— I think that is the idea. I think that's God's plan. That's God's way. That's how God views people. And yet somehow we have gotten to this uh, harsh, shrill, dangerous, hate-filled voice of black leadership that cries racism, 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 and uh, hatred against whites. And it's the opposite of what King asked for. I want to say a word about Martin Luther King. You know, it was reported when I was younger that he was, uh, I don't know what the word would be, colluding with the uh, with communists, uh, that he had lots of mistresses, and that was a, um, a real, that was a story or a narrative, whether it's true or not, I can't say, but that was a narrative that really damaged what otherwise would have been uh, his message, which really resonated with all people of every color. Uh, looking back on this... Um, I have to say, I, in reading his speech and, his, and just watching his life and the things that he said, I don't for one minute believe he was a communist. He couldn't possibly be. Uh, because communists are, don't believe in God, for one thing. And you can hear in his voice, in spite of whatever flaws he might have had, and like all of us, he had them, I'm sure. Uh, he understood God. He knew him. And I think the Holy Spirit really worked through him powerfully in some of his speeches. That doesn't mean that every moment of his life was lived the right way. I know a lot of uh, a lot of people have made terrible moral errors. I guess I could think of David. There's not an excuse. It's just to put it in context. Uh, a perfectly well-behaved people who don't ever cross the line um, aren't the only people that God uses. He uses sinners because how would we know? Because he's used some of us. And we know we're sinners. So I think my personal opinion is that Martin Luther King was filled with God's spirit and that he really uh, spoke words. And also because the the demonstrations that he inspired were always peaceful and respectful. If you look back, uh, some of you would have to look back. I remember it. And sometimes, like it was only yesterday, watching the hoses opened up on black uh, people who were protesting. And uh, I remember, you know, my sister lived in Atlanta uh, for many years and I used to go down there. A lot because we had a because she had a son and we were so happy about having him in our family. I would stay with her and I saw you know with my own eyes colored and white fountains and uh, blacks riding in the back of the bus, not out allowed to sit um, in the restaurants. I, I know I, I remember this, um, and so to see the 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 evolution of this country in regard to that, so that now blacks are are such have become such so much a part of the middle class not just the middle class, Oprah Winfrey's not exactly middle class, but I'm just saying the middle class was uh, something that they could not achieve then. Uh, but their protesting was so respectful. It was really, um, 
I, I don't think, you know, I think it'd be hard for me to do that. But they, ex- they, experienced, they expressed um, humility through their protest, and yet they were powerful. It was just amazing. And again, how we got to where we are now where black activists are preaching hate against white people and um, looking for vengeance and punishment, I don't think that was at all part of what Martin Luther King hoped for this country. But we do celebrate his birthday. He was a great man, and I think he um, he really revolutionized and shook us, many of us, out of our uh, our way of thinking, which was a way that, you know, so much of our thinking is rooted in our history and our experience, our families, not necessarily in God's word and what's right and wrong. And he shook us free from that, shook us, and presented what really God thinks about all this, that we, we should judge everyone on the basis of character and not of color. And uh, for every culture and nation, that's a challenge because people <laughs> always have rivalries. It, you think of sports teams and all those rivalries, well, race and uh, national identity has always created rivalries between people. There's a certain amount of that that's natural. Uh, but um, when it's based on color alone and we all are Americans, it's just plain wrong. So today is his birthday, and um, I just want you to remember that as we go through this day. All right, I, I was talking about Josh Hawley and Joe Manchin. No, I was talking about Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, and I did not mention this because I want you to hear this. Joe Manchin is the senator from West Virginia. Joe Manchin is like, oh, shucks, he's just such a nice guy, and he keeps getting elected all the time, and he acts like he's a conservative, and he just talked. I wish you could hear um, his interview on PBS Firing Line yesterday. It was so long we didn't pull it. But he's just, oh, yeah, you know, you know now, Margaret, I just don't understand. I can see both, you know, this is the way he talks. But this is what he said. This is what he said. The sitting senator from West Virginia, who is, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, he's a nice guy. He's supposed to, like, be the swing vote in the Senate, right? He's asking for um, Hawley, Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz to be removed from the Senate. <laughs> Joe Manchin is asking for Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz to be removed from the Senate via the 14th Amendment which reads that no lawmaker holding office shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. And so, of course, um, there's nothing illegal about what they did. They were doing their constitutional duty by, under the Constitution, offering an objection to the electors and asking for a review of the evidence and a commission for the next 10 days before the inauguration. That's what they ask for. There's nothing criminal about that in case you lose your grip and forget. But that's exactly what happened. All right. Um, but you're not supposed to know that, and you're not supposed to know what uh, the director of national intelligence who's going out had to say about Chinese involvement in our election. You're not supposed to know about a lot of things. And if you didn't think that was already true because of what's happened to Parler CEO, by the way, He's gone into hiding because his family uh, and his home have been threatened. And so the CEO of Parler is now hiding. Uh, so um, Alex Stamos, who was with Facebook for a number of years, had a few interesting things to say. Let's listen. Clip seven. 
what's happening is people are able to seek out the information that makes them feel good. Mm -hmm. That is what's happening is that you know, people have so much choice now. They can choose what their news sources are. They can choose what influencers they want to follow. Um, and, and they can try to seal out anything that helps them question that. And that, I think that gets to a, a really core issue uh, with how our freedoms as Americans and, and the way we have treated press freedom in, in the past is being abused by these actors. Um, in that we have given a lot of leeway, uh, both in the traditional media and on social media, to people to have a very broad range of political views. And it is now in the great economic interest of those individuals to become more and more radical. And I think that one of the places you can see this is on the, the fact that you now have competitors to Fox News on their right, OANN yes. and Newsmax, which are carried by all the major cable networks. Um, who are trying to now outflank Fox on the right because the moment Fox introduced any kind of realism into their reporting, immediately a bunch of people chose to put themselves into a sealed ecosystem. And they can do that both on cable, they can do it online, um, and that becomes a, a huge challenge of figuring out how do you bring those people back into the mainstream of fact-based reporting and try to get us all back into the, the same consensual reality. Yeah, so you mean like on CNN and MSNBC, that's factual-based reporting. Of course it is just a little humorous thing. CNN reported uh, when all the chaos was happening at the Capitol that uh, poor Ted Lieu, who was, who was so afraid, he was so feared for his life because of the uh, people in the Capitol, that he went into his office and grabbed a crowbar before leaving his office. The problem is CNN had to add a correction uh, next day or something. He said a previous version of this story misstated that Representative Ted Lieu grabbed a crowbar before leaving his office. He grabbed a pro-bar energy bar. But CNN is, you know, the gold standard for truth. In fact, Jake Tapper said as much in, a, in an exchange, which I don't have time to play for you, but uh, we're the ones that tell the truth. He said, we, you know, this is the place to listen. And what did Stamos just say? Right now, people can choose their source of information. Now they can choose. But we have to stop that. We have to stop that. And so he has a plan in mind. I want you to listen further to what he is suggesting, clip eight. I think we got to do a couple things. One, there needs to be a, a, an intentional work by the social media companies collaborating together to work on violent extremism in the same way they worked on ISIS. I was, when I started at Facebook in 2015, the number one challenge from a content perspective was the abuse of social media by the Islamic State. Um, and there was a, a collaboration between the tech companies and between the tech companies and law enforcement to make it impossible for them to use the internet to recruit and radicalize young, mostly young Muslim men at the time around the world. Now we're talking about domestic audience in the United States. And the challenge is going to be partially that, you know, ISIS did not have a domestic constituency in the United States Congress. But there is over half of the Republicans in Congress voted to overturn the election. Um, and there will be a continual political pressure on the, yeah. the companies to not take it seriously. So I think first, you mm. have to focus on those violent extremists and those companies have to be brave in that way. And second, we have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. There are, are people on YouTube, for example, that have a larger, a larger audience than daytime CNN. And they are extremely radical and pushing extremely 
uh, radical views. And so it's up to the Facebooks and YouTubes in particular to think about whether or not they want to be effectively cable networks for disinformation. And then we're going to have to figure out the OANN and Newsmax problem. You know, that these companies have freedom of speech, but I'm not sure we need Verizon, AT&T, Comcast and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes. Um, I, I, this is, you know, allowing people to seek out information if they really want to, but not pushing it into their faces, I think is where we're going to have to go here. Hmm. Okay, so uh, here we go. Alex Stamos, um formerly with Facebook, still highly connected, I'm sure. He's saying to you, and he's saying to the audience, that Trump supporters, and they are lumping all of us together, are a lot like ISIS. We have been radicalized, and um, we shouldn't be able to choose what we listen to for our information. Uh, they should, we should shut off those channels. And what he's suggesting, like with One News and Newsmax and YouTube, all those Terrible people who have shows that are, have bigger audiences than CNN, probably Fox now also. We have to get rid of them. That's basically what he's saying. And now they do have free speech. Darn it, they have free speech. So uh, he says, I think the platforms uh, should boost, you know, reviews to carry uh, their channels. In other words, do to them what we did parlor. Uh, refuse to have any kind of platform for them. Just uh, do away with their apps. Uh, they can say what they want. We just, you know, <clears throat> you just can't find it. So that's the way to go. That's what Alex is suggesting. It is stunning. It is absolutely stunning. I want to bring you up to date on some of the what's happened in the aftermath of the uh, of the uh, insurrection or insertion or whatever you want to call it at the Capitol. Um, the FBI reported initially, or the DOJ reported initially, that Capitol rioters intended to capture and assassinate elected officials. So that was published all around, and then uh, it was published. And then after that, the Justice Department prosecutors asked to strike that language from their court filing, asserting that the intent of the Capitol rioters was to capture and assassinate elected officials in the United States government. Take that, maybe take that part out. Maybe take that part out about them wanting to capture and assassinate. Now, um, so lots of people have been arrested. <clears throat> the FBI, of course, initially said they didn't have any warning. We know now they were lying. There was lots of warning. As a matter of fact, that's part of what Daryl Issa was talking about in another clip that we won't have time to play. But he said there were at least three violent groups that were planning uh, trouble on the Capitol, and the FBI knew all about it. But, of course, they didn't. They said they didn't know. And you remember the warning last week, that creepy warning from the FBI uh, agent uh, telling us we have, we have eyes everywhere, we have feelers everywhere, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. So uh, the FBI has arrested another Tennessee man. Over Capitol Riot, he pro posted a selfie. Um, he said, we the people have spoken and we are angry. That's a, no Antifa, no BLM. We the people took the Capitol. Every American ethnicity was there. Democratic tyranny will not stand. We have spoken. Um, Matthew Bledsoe is, uh, I'm going to have to come back and finish that. Because they also arrested the head of Cowboys for Trump. Um, and we'll be back. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. This is Frank Gaffney, host of Secure Freedom Radio. It's your personal daily intelligence briefing about the challenges we face, how they're likely to affect you, and what we can do about them. You can find Secure Freedom Radio here every weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in to learn from our extraordinary experts what you need to know and will want to share. Join us for Secure Freedom Radio tonight at 11 Eastern 
right here on AFR. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A popular effort in social revisionism is happening where racism, which is better described in biblical terms as skin color-based partiality, is a crime of which only people of lighter skin color can be guilty. Let's be clear. Factions, divisions, and dissensions, including those based on skin color, are the fruit of the sinful flesh. The root cause of partiality is sin. Every person, regardless of the quantity of melanin in their skin, is capable of partiality. The only remedy for sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with today's Life and Liberty Minute. Democrats are determined to impeach Donald Trump after he's no longer president. But the Constitution says the power of impeachment is the power to, quote, remove a president from office. Although the president has been impeached, the trial, and thus a possible conviction, cannot take place until after the president has already left the Oval Office. It's simple logic. You cannot remove somebody who's not even there. The statute of limitations on the impeachment power runs out on January 20. So Democrats cannot even legitimately conduct an impeachment trial. If they do, they will be the ones in violation of the Constitution and could and should be impeached themselves. Democrats, in their vindictive hatred of Trump, wanted to prevent him from running in 2024, but they waited too long. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The State Department has just confirmed that a Chinese laboratory suspected of being the source of the COVID-19 virus that's killed nearly 400,000 Americans is associated with the Beijing regime's illegal biological weapons program. Unfortunately, this is but the latest proof that the Chinese Communist Party is a transnational criminal organization. Evidence abounds of other CCP crimes as well. Among them, its murderous smuggling of fentanyl, its economic warfare inside the United States, including the theft of invaluable intellectual property and data, its myriad crimes against humanity, involving captive nations' populations and China's own, and its massive interference in the U.S. 2020 election. The United States has already designated far less dangerous groups as TCOs, including Hezbollah and MS-13. Before he leaves office, Donald Trump should indelibly brand the worst of all the transnational criminal organizations, the Chinese Communist Party. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. In tips about his brother to the FBI here in Salt Lake City. He says he believes that his brother was not only involved in the riot at the Capitol, but somehow in charge. Full disclosure, the FBI has been in contact with me. 
John Sullivan posted to his Twitter on Wednesday. I got the call, as I said again today, that um, he was uh, going to be apprehended by the FBI. John's brother James says he first learned his brother was at the U.S. Capitol when friends started texting him these pictures. Then John posted video to YouTube. He was going in there to document it, but he also was part of the Antifa groups. I also, you know, want to want to support the black community out here, too, in the best way that I can. That's my belief. I believe the Black Lives Matter. I mean, I'm not here to assert myself and my beliefs on other people. I just want to give people the footage, the, the video. The FBI's office in Salt Lake City would not confirm they were investigating Sullivan or any Utahns. I want to condemn, uh, absolutely condemn the shameful uh, violence that we saw on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. We still love John, like, and that's something that he needs to know. Now, the criminal complaint against John includes violent entry. John was also charged by Provo police officers back in July of 2020 for criminal mischief and rioting. All right, that was a report out of Utah. And uh, the reason that's relevant, because we told you about John Sullivan being arrested. He's part of Antifa, part of Black Lives Matter. He was in the Capitol. He said he was a reporter. Uh, and he was he's done interviews. He's been all over the place. He's uh, laughed about the killing of uh, uh, the, the former military woman, Ashley. can't think of her last name. He's, uh, he is a uh, He's on tape. We played this for you, trying to incite revolution. So he has this brother named James, and James also lives in Utah. Now, it's really interesting about them. They are the adopted sons of a retired Air Force major, General Kevin Sullivan. And John is involved with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, and James, it works closely with the Proud Boys. You know, uh, unbelievable. And so uh, it's James now that's speaking out his brother about his brother John, and that's it was a little confusing, the audio there. But he's saying that 226 members of Antifa instigated the Capitol riot. You know, um, this is, of course, not what the FBI wants to report. And I don't know if any other person from the left has been arrested. I don't know. I don't have faith in them. I do not have faith in the FBI anymore. It's a gut punch. Uh, You should have heard Judge Janine's commentary on the FBI last night. I would just say that she does not have faith in the FBI anymore either. It's just stunning. It's as though uh, the worm has turned and they are really actually working against people who love this country and working on behalf. I'll just give you another illustration of that uh, if we can. You know, I don't want to do that because I want to play something positive for you. Andrew McCabe was with CNN, uh, and he's comparing Trump supporters to radicalized ISIS members, as we heard in that other clip. So now we're radicalized ISIS members. That's the former uh, acting director of the FBI. And so, um, but back to John and James. So John has been arrested. He's the only one, and he's been released, as far as I could tell. We had a video, what, last week of him uh, talking about how he'd gotten out. He'd been released. Well, not so much some of these other people. I just briefly will tell you that the FBI, again, as I started to say, has arrested a guy from Tennessee, um, and um, he posted several hashtags, including Stop the Steal. That's that's terrible. Uh, of course, uh, Facebook removed all of those. He was booked in Davidson County Jail Sunday morning. Uh, he was a, a, 
uh, he's been charged in connection to the Capitol riot. Another guy, Matthew Bledsoe in Memphis, uh, is facing several federal charges for allegedly entering a restricted building and demonstrating disorderly conduct at the Capitol. Uh, His wife, by the way, posted on her own Facebook and said, Matt was inside the Capitol. He was one of the first. They yelled and screamed, that's about it. My husband is a Patriot soldier. All right, so they're, they're, um, they're going out of their way, I think. Now, look, that doesn't mean everyone I've mentioned here is innocent. I don't know the facts of the case. People could have done some terrible things that I don't know about. Uh, I, I can't. I don't think you can say that all Trump supporters in that building uh, were, were blameless. So I'm not saying that, but I'm saying there's a tremendous bias here. And I suspect there were a lot more leftists, uh, anarchists. I do believe, based on my reading, that this whole thing, because remember, President Trump did not finish his speech until, I think, 30 minutes after the first incursion into the count, uh, the Capitol. Uh, we also know that uh, a bus arrived. Uh, we also know that weapons were handed out. Do you think Trump supporters carried sticks and pipes into the Capitol in order to beat policemen? That's just, if you're doing like um, uh, an assessment of uh, who the likely suspects are, you, you, that's not what you would, that's not Trump supporters that, that generally do that or ever do that in their Trump rallies. Antifa surely does it. That is their MO. And so um, that's that's all for that right now. I want to play for you. This is really uh, very interesting. Charles Payne on Fox Business. Fox Business still has some good stuff. And um, he was interviewing the uh, CEO of Goya. That's um, uh, Hispanic products, you know, all kinds of stuff, cookies and ingredients and uh, Bob Unani. Yunanu, sorry, I don't, I've never heard his name actually said that I can remember. Yunanu probably um, is a Trump supporter. And uh, with corporations, you know, uh, punishing uh, Trump supporters as though they were part of ISIS, uh, this is kind of refreshing. And so Charles has an interaction with him. I want you to hear the first part. Here it is. But not undemocratic socialism. Bob, who's going to be the Ronald Reagan of capitalism today? Well, I, I believe that Ronald Reagan of capitalism today is Donald J. Trump. Uh, unfortunately, he's being illegitimately, in my opinion, uh, removed from office. Uh, he was for the working class. He's for God. He's for family, for life. Uh, you know, we need a reason to get up in the morning. God, family and work. We're taking away our purpose. There's states that want to take away our reason to get up in the morning, take away our spirit, take away our freedom of speech. Right. And, you know, you're going to find these bastions of liberty in, in states like Texas, Florida and others. Unfortunately, they're in the minority. And, and uh, well, whereas the majority of this country is uh, believes in freedom and, and capitalism and democracy. All right. So that's just the first part of it. Bob, and you know, remember, has some experience with communism and he speaks of stuff that he knows about. Uh, and uh, his family came here for freedom, and it's deeply ingrained in him, as it is many Cuban Americans in Florida and other places around the country. But Charles goes on to ask him um, something else. Let's listen to clip 10. Bob, you have a private company. What we've seen in the last 48 hours, 24, 48 hours, a lot of publicly traded companies that have taken swift action, not just against President Trump, but a lot of other Republicans are not going to make donations or contributions. You could call them investments or bribes if you want. Uh, and, and a lot of people also hearing talk of maybe even actions against people who just simply voted for President Trump. Is this the kind of thing that will help or hurt capitalism? Uh, it, it definitely hurts. And, and we're a company that, you know, this year we decided to give a, 
We usually give uh, every year. We do give every year. This year, it ballooned to four million pounds of food. We decided to stay open. Uh, we're an essential business, but all businesses are essential. Right. And if we close down the business, we close down the economy, we, we all die. I mean, we stayed open courageously, and we've had the best year of our, our in history. Thanks to thanks to AOC and, and thanks to yourself for supporting us. Well, but we've had the best uh, a year in our history. I do find it remarkable on the same day that President Trump is being impeached for the second time uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, that you continue to stand by him, understanding that there are going to be a lot of slings and arrows coming your way. You feel that strongly about what's happening in this country. You really believe we're going down the wrong path. We've made a hard turn to the left. We've got the iceberg of communism ahead of us. I, communism in, on paper works out great, except that it's always a few that want to control. It, it's not about, you know, all animals being equal. Some animals are more equal than others. And this is the path we're taking. We're being tried to be controlled by a small right. group of people that are going to control the masses. And, and Bob, I do want to let the audience know, in 2018, you were the number two food company in terms of social influence and community support. So, uh, you know, although I know you have a, a fond affection for President Trump, you also were a partner with uh, uh, President Obama, Michelle Obama, and a lot of initiatives. You've done a lot for the public, uh, no matter who was in office. All right, so that's uh, Robert Unanu, who is the president and CEO of Goya Foods. Makes me want to go out and buy Goya. How about you? Yeah, these. I mean, that's that takes a lot of courage, I'm telling you, because they'll come after him, too. I don't know exactly how they'll hurt him, but they'll think of a way, because they're really clever about that. Well, we're getting ready to have an inauguration this Wednesday of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, and I want you to know, I have not spoken a lot about this, uh, because I just couldn't bring myself, to be honest with you, before this, but I, you need to kind of be prepared for some things here. Uh, he'll be sworn in on the steps, but uh, there'll be no traditional parade. There'll be no inaugural balls. Uh, the security is unbelievable. They sent in thousands and thousands of uh, of troops because you know Trump supporters are ISIS now. So you got to prepare against that. So that's uh, that's what's uh, happening uh, physically. But this is what there is predicted to happen. In fact, they've said it. The uh, Incoming Chief of Staff Joe Biden has uh, said that he will sign a dozen executive orders uh, the first day in the office. He will reverse the travel ban to Iran, from Iran, by President Trump and other Middle East countries where there have been uh, so much uh, danger. He will reverse the removal from the French, uh, the Paris uh, Climate Accord, which is, uh, what that means is that uh, that will affect um um, energy. Okay, quickly. Uh, they, they're going to go after shale. Uh, it'll be, I'm sure, eliminated. Any kind of coal-powered uh, source of energy, uh, that means they're going to be coming after gasoline because they want electric cars. Uh, they want your fuel in your homes, whether it's electricity or uh, whatever however you power your the, the cooling and heating in your house. Uh, they want it to uh, go really high because they don't want you to have... Remember when Barack Obama said it was uh, not fair that you be comfortable all year? And that uh, um, energy prices will necessarily skyrocket. They will, and so will gasoline. Now, this is not like Tuesday, not Thursday. This is going to happen in time because they want to drive uh, cars and gasoline-powered things out of business, and they're serious about this. Uh, so he's reentering the Paris Climate Accord. Um, also, uh, he's going to uh, on immigration reform. And by the way, I was going to play you a clip of. There are 9 million Guatemalans uh, who are marching toward 
our our border border are demanding that uh, uh, Biden keep his promises, which means legalization and also health care for illegal immigrants. Remember that? So they're marching toward the border, and um, he's also going to be signing a COVID-19 pandemic bill uh, that I don't know what that's going to be, but I can't imagine that it's going to be something we're going to enjoy. A 100-day masking challenge. Uh, he's going to pause the repayment of student interest on student loans, of interest on student loans. That might be some good news to some of you. So there's more to that. There's also, uh, we're hearing now that the De- Department of Defense is now probably likely or toying with the idea of using the Southern Poverty Law Center, that arbiter of hate, that hateful, that hate-filled organization which d- dares uh, to decide which of us are haters, and AFA is one on the first on the list. FRC is on there. Uh, according to the SPLC, we are haters, but of course they are not. And that's a long story, but uh, we'll probably have to come back to that. And so that is a very dangerous proposition, and looks like they're going to do that. Plus, on day one, uh, Joe Biden is going to reverse any kind of uh, re- prevention that President uh, Trump uh, entered in with orders. He's going to roll back um, any kind of prevention of transgender female and males from participating in any sport, going to any bathroom. It will be uh, forced on all schools and public, and I think it will probably eventually be forced on churches too. Uh, so, And also, you know, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has already signaled that in the House she's going to be uh, require Congress to honor all gender identities and change pronouns and familiar relationships in the House rules. And that's what um, this new act calls the equal- called the Equality Act, which Joe Biden completely supports, uh, is going to do. It's going to erase all differences in gender, and uh, uh, pronouns are going to be changed. You won't be able to say husband and wife. Also, um, in October, Biden, you may remember, maybe you don't, because I don't know, uh, he also gave support for transgender medical treatments for children. Uh, so uh, expect that to be part of this, too. Uh, yeah, it's an avalanche, uh, but uh, we, we've known about this for a long time. Not the details, but we know that things are going to get worse. And so it's time for the people of God uh, to rise up. And I'm not talking about fighting. I'm talking about, I'm talking about rise up and be a light in this world because it's going to get darker. And I don't know what that looks like, but I know God does, and He is going to guide us. That's what I'm committed to do, and I hope you are too. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.